So in this occasion, what we're about to read in verse 8, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And we read here, And there were in the same country near Bethlehem shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel of the Lord said to them, listen, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And this tidings of great joy, verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Of course, this is followed by a chorus of angels singing in celebration. Uh, along with the shepherds who, who start spreading the word and praising God, there was this celebration because of the announcement. And for just a few minutes here on this Christmas Sunday, I want to speak and share this message, celebrating the true joy of Christmas. Celebrating the true joy. Everybody say true joy of Christmas. Let's pray together for just a moment here. And then we'll dive into the message. Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we ask you, Lord, to have your way in this place. Let your word go forth as only it can, Lord, to, to go places of the heart where only you can go. Lord, for the message and the truth of this to be illuminated in our minds, to, to transform us into who you called us to be. Father, I pray a blessing over this congregation and those who are under the sound of my voice. Lord, that you would awaken us to the wonder and the awe that is Christmas. Lord, to the truth that can be revealed through this story. And I pray this by your name, Jesus, and let the church say amen. Amen. So I know there's probably mixed reactions to this, but chances are Christmas is one of your favorite holidays. Can, can I get a show of hands? Is Christmas your favorite holiday? Can't see the people online, but you may have to shoot, in, shoot up a comment. Okay, so I thought I was right. Christmas is your favorite holiday, or at least you have very fond memories and traditions that have become staples in your home. Do I have that about right? So for the Warlick family, the Rob and Heather Warlick family, we are very seasonal family, and it's not because of me. It's my wife. She's very intentional with those things. And what that means is we can only watch Christmas movies, listen to Christmas music, and have the decor during this time, meaning we can't watch or listen to anything else. It's only around this time. So we're very, we're very traditional in that way. Uh, we do uh, decorate uh, a, a fake tree. Can we show that on there? So uh, due to allergies, we have this fake tree that's lasted more than the 12 years of, that Heather and I have been, have been married. And you see that, uh, that, tree, that star on the top? I'm very proud of that. Our very first year married, I cut that out of a foam core. And, uh, and, and on the back of it is taped a little wire, and I put that up there. I'm, I'm very proud of my Christmas tree topper. And we have these traditions. The kids, you know, put the ornaments on the tree, and, and we love it. And, and it can only happen during this time of year. We threatened to do it earlier in Thanksgiving just because with this year, we all needed a little bit of Christmas early. Can I get an Amen. <laughs> we actually didn't do it, but we threatened to do it for sure. 
Um, and so I just the, the season, the traditions, what's not to love? I'm talking about the food. I filled up this, this jacket since the first time I bought it, uh, and it's because of the food during the holidays. Of course, the pandemic doesn't help, but, you know, you guys, you know what I'm talking about. So food, anybody, eggnog, I, I love eggnog. I know it's like a love-hate relationship, but I love eggnog. Um, uh, I see Sean back there with some butter letter. That's what that, to me, that's Christmas. Uh, there's different foods that remind you. My wife makes these, these cinnamon rolls, which are to die for. Come on, you guys, I'm preaching right now. <laughs> And here, I got a public service announcement for you. I don't know if there's anybody who's an ice cream fanatic like me. I, I got a couple there. All right. Market Pantry, which is a Target brand, they have this hot chocolate, seasonal hot chocolate ice cream, which sounds gross, but it's amazing. And I definitely highly suggest that you get some. Come on, somebody. Who loves Christmas? Who loves the Christmas holidays and the traditions? It's a, this is a wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Come on now. <laughs> right? What's not to love about Christmas? We, we get to give gifts to, to our family. I love that. I love giving gifts to my wife and to my kids and, and playing games with friends and family. This is a wonderful time of the year. All of these things, they just bring me joy. Being with my kids, it brings me joy. I love it. But I contend, as you probably expected, that as much joy that these things bring, it could never compare to the true joy of Christmas. Oh, there's joy in these things. And I encourage you, let's enjoy this season together. But we can enjoy and find joy in these things, but we need to understand this is a fleeting joy. It's a temporary joy. There's pleasure gained, yes, in, in noble activities of doing these things together. But unless we seek our pleasure in our Savior, we must know it cannot last. Can I help somebody in here? The true joy of Christmas cannot come from stuff. From sentiment, sentimentality, however that's said, it, it, it has to come from salvation. I'm talking about celebrating the true joy of Christmas. This true joy, it can't be found in stuff, and, and I hope you're saying, no duh, you know, it's not about the stuff, but... But really, we do need this reminder. Somebody here would need this reminder that the Christmas season, with the message, the joy of Christmas, doesn't come from things. It doesn't come from gifts. It doesn't come from the perfect dinner or the perfect decorations or having everything right or, or whatever. It's not about stuff. Joy in this life because this world is temporary, it's joy in this way is, is just trivial beyond what heaven provides. Heaven extends a joy unspeakable that we just sang about. It's an everlasting joy. It's a joy that, that we can't even understand or comprehend right now. It, it's immeasurable joy. It's a joy that rings for all ages, all generations, even through the sound of the trumpet of the resurrection. That's the kind of joy that I'm talking about, the true joy of Christmas. It's a pure joy. It's a, it's a holy joy, listen, versus a manufactured joy. Woe to us if we become 
happy or satisfied while in sin. Woe to us who would consider ourselves content or satisfied apart from Christ. Are you hearing me in here? The celebrating the true joy of Christmas can never come from stuff. It will never cut it. You will always be left empty. You will never be filled. But also, the true joy of Christmas does not come from sentiment or sentimentality. This, this idea that, uh, that's very noble, uh, but certainly in secular worlds, they say Christmas, the meaning of Christmas is about sharing love and compassion and being grateful and showing gratitude. And these are noble things. But I'm telling you here, the true joy of Christmas is not found in this sentiment. And I know I'm messing with some of y'all with your Hallmark movies, your Hallmark Christmas movies that have the, uh, the same storylines, just different characters. But it's going to involve some sort of farm boy who's going to steal your girl if you, don't, if you don't straighten up, Mr. Businessman. Cannot stand those Hallmark movies. And I know I may be alone, but I got the microphone, okay? But it's the same with, with Disney and any other holiday film. I'm telling you, I, I enjoy those. Somebody told me the other day, I can't remember, I can't remember, I can't remember anything worth a lick, but I remember movie quotes. And I'm like on fire with all these Christmas movie quotes. I, 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 can, I can quote them all. I love Christmas movies, love, love that, but the messages, and there are messages in these Christmas movies, in these stories, in, these, in, in the music that we're listening to that are noble, but they fall short of the true joy of Christmas are absolutely grand ideals and they should be celebrated. You should not, you know, run away from them, but it must be known. I want to settle for us right now that this is not the true joy of Christmas. It cannot take the place of the true joy of Christmas. I cannot be satisfied with just sharing love and compassion, so on and so forth, without getting to the true joy of Christmas. And so I'm reminded back to Luke chapter 2, verse 10, where the angels say to the shepherds, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Great joy. Every word emphasized, good tidings, go ahead and leave that up, of great joy. What this illustrates is this good news, this, 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 this gospel, the good tidings, it shows us that the ultimate meaning of this word, great joy, that this, this, these good tidings will generate the greatest possible joy that the human heart can receive. We bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The true joy of Christmas reveals the greatest possible joy of the human heart. Let's read this again. It says, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Verse 11, what is this good tidings of great joy? What is this thing, that the greatest thing that could fill the human heart? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. All right, here we go. 
But why is the coming of Christ into the world a reason for joy? What could be more joyous than the fact that God would have an alliance with man? What would be more joyous than the fact that God would be incarnate for our sakes? That, that, to understand that our sin, our disobedience separated us from God, separated us from a right standing with God. But this incarnation... What we see at Christmas bridges that gap. It bridges that separation. I'm telling you, if you don't know this, here's what it says in the Word. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. I'm talking about the greatest joy. Why, why, why should this be joyous to us? Well, because Christmas represents the prelude, the precursor to our atonement. Before he was on a cross, he was in a manger. And we celebrate Christmas, and the true joy of Christmas comes from the fact that Jesus is my salvation. It's his atoning sacrifice, and it's our greatest hope for salvation and eternity. This is the true joy of Christmas. So I say to you, Merry Christmas. I don't know if you all do this, but uh, I know of some who would make their own lists of gifts that they want for Christmas. Uh, I, I hear Amazon has that. Like you can, you can make your, your wish list on Amazon and then send it to people. That's nice. This is the world we're living in. I have mixed feelings about this, but but I could imagine that there's still some thrill of opening up a gift, unwrapping a gift, and finding something that you wanted. Hey, I got it. I wanted it. It's fulfilling. And I'm sure there's some of you who would argue that you'd rather be surprised with your gifts. Although I had a conversation with somebody recently who said they don't like surprises. They want somebody to give them exactly what they want. <laughs> Otherwise, they don't know what to do with it. Well, in the context of the angels talking to the shepherds, it was a little bit of both. It's what they've been longing for, and it was also a surprise. And I'm going to contend that we cannot adequately appreciate the full joy of Christmas, and with that our salvation, until we understand the context in which this angelic news was delivered. As they say, the darker the night, the brighter the light. The darker the night, the brighter the night. And the news of the long-awaited Savior becomes so much sweeter in the backdrop of, of our hopelessness, sin, and destruction. You see, Christ's arrival meant the fulfillment of the long-awaited promises that, that God had given to Eve, to Abraham, and David. Let's do a little Bible study here. To Eve, he said, that from the seed of the woman, 
The serpent will be crushed. The enemy will be crushed in Genesis 3.15. Genesis 12.3, we, we understand that God told Abraham that through his seed, his generation, that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. In Samuel, Second uh, Samuel, we read about the uh, what God had spoke to David through David. And when your days are fulfilled, you shall sleep with your fathers, and I will set up your seed after thee, and they shall proceed out of your bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. Verse 13 says, and he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. There's prophecies all throughout the Old Testament during good times and bad times and really bad times about the coming Messiah. The Christ was the Messiah of old foretold by the prophets during really dark times. And these were promises of restoration. Restoration of Israel and, and hope uh, to have a right standing with God for all nations. These were messages during very dark times. The prophet Jeremiah says it this way, chapter 23, verse 5. You can see here. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, I will raise unto David a righteous branch, capital B, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Through the prophet Jeremiah to a nation that was, that was facing captivity, that was facing hopelessness, didn't know what was coming next, this was prophesied that your Messiah was coming. Around the same time, similar time, the prophet Isaiah, uh, God had spoken through him. We're going to read in chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Are you getting the picture? The Messiah and the Christ, they're synonymous. And it can be interpreted as this, the anointed one. This is the anointed one that God was sending to restore Israel and to allow the nations to have a right standing with God. Now, when I say anointed one, there are many who can be anointed. There's many who can be anointed. But we're talking about the ultimate fulfillment of what it means. Just like the great, uh, we bring you good tidings of great joy is the ultimate fulfillment of joy. When we say Messiah means the anointed one, we're meaning he is the fulfillment of what it means to be the anointed one. We read about that in Isaiah 61. Set apart by God. The one who would be the fulfillment of these promises that God has made from the beginning. So all the Old Testament... Excuse me, all the Old Testament listeners of, of, from the prophets, they were waiting and longing for a Christ. Everybody say Christ. Well, a Messiah. That's what, that's what they called him in the, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament. Messiah and Christ are synonymous words. And so they were waiting for this Messiah. They were longing for the Messiah, for things to get better and for things to change. And then 
They had to wait generation after generation, year after year, conquer, uh, uh, you know, empire conquering them after empire conquering them. And evoked ideas that the coming Messiah would be, had this image of this strong political leader, that, that he would be a popular king or have great military might, and that this Messiah would, would come and, and allow Israel to rise up and to overcome its foes and to be established as the kingdom on high, and then all the nations would be subject to them. Uh, this generation of Israelites, that's what they were thinking. That's what they were hoping for. The generation of Israelites through captivity, hardship, unbearable odds would hold on to the hope that their fortunes would change once this Messiah comes. Then after hundreds of years of darkness that just got darker, the light of the world breaks through. With this angelic announcement, the light of the world that we just sang about broke through that darkness and the angels proclaimed that they have good tidings of great joy. That unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Hear me this day as, as though I were the herald to the, to the shepherds, to those under the sound of my voice who feel lost, there is a Christ. To those who feel oppressed, there is a Christ. For those who feel like you're in an unbearable situation, there is a Christ. For those who are bound by fear, there is a Christ. If you, if you are, are bound by chains of addiction, let me tell you, there is a Christ. Oh, for those who are longing for peace and comfort, there is a Christ. The darker the night, the brighter the light. And it doesn't matter the conditions or circumstances you're in or you're facing. Let me tell you here, there is a Christ. There is a Messiah. Father, I pray that as we turn to you, Lord Jesus, that you would meet us here. Lord, that as our hearts reach out to you, Lord, that we would find you, even though we know you're not far from us. I pray, Lord, that we would search you for you while you can be found. Let it be so, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. I'm going to go back again to Luke chapter 2 and read from verse 10. And the angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. It's here in the manger that we find the true joy of Christmas, the arrival of our Savior. The Lord Jehovah. 
The coming of Christ is the true joy of Christmas. This precious child, which was born of a woman to crush the head of the serpent. This this baby was the root and the offspring of David that has been called the everlasting father, the mighty God, and the prince of peace. This is Jesus. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the long-awaited one. It's Jesus. It's all in him. It's always be him. What is the true joy of Christmas? It's Jesus. Why do we have a reason to celebrate? It's Jesus. Jesus is the Christ. Lord, help us. The angel told Joseph, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. The angel said to Joseph that she, Mary, shall bring forth a son and shall call his name, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So let's put this all together. We have something to celebrate. Here it is. The name of Jesus means Jehovah is my salvation. Emmanuel means God with us. And Christ defines the role of the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Uh, another verse calls him that he would, says that he would be called the son of the most high. All of these things are fulfilled in a man whose birthday we celebrate on December 25th. That man is Jesus. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. His role is Lord and Christ. And he shall be known as God with us. Oh, can somebody worship the Jesus right now? Can somebody worship that Savior, that Emmanuel? Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for this message of Christmas and the true joy that comes from you. Now, it challenges here. Let's be careful and cautious. Not just to be infatuated with the idea of a Savior. Oh, come on. Can we admit that? You've seen it either in your own life or relationships where, where they're infatuated with this other person, but there's no real relationship. I, I want to caution us here today that we don't just find ourselves infatuated with the idea of having a Savior, but that we would know joy by name, and his name is Jesus. He is my Savior. He's my Christ. He's my Lord. Let this be your loudest boast. Is there anybody in the room that can say, I know Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my Christ. He's my Messiah. He's my hope. He's my joy. Come on, that's the greatest joy. That's the true joy of Christmas. It's Jesus. It's knowing him and knowing him better. Jesus is the Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus is the Christ. Uh, I, I won't pull up the scriptures here. Maybe, maybe one. 
But we read that Andrew, well, when Jesus started his ministry, Andrew ran to Peter and said, hey, we found the Messiah. you got to come meet this guy. This dude is the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus. Well, later on, Jesus was asking his disciples, Peter was there, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus is the Christ. And then here we find in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, Peter is standing up to the crowd, and he's preaching to them. And here he says it again. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this same Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. I'm telling you, Jesus is the Christ. Paul referenced it as well. In Romans chapter 1, he even referenced the, the messianic prophecies in here as well. Paul, he says, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand, though through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, those, those prophecies we were talking about. Concerning his son, who is the descendant from David, does that sound familiar? According to the flesh, and has been declared to be the son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead. And then he, he explains who he's talking about. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's make no mistake about it. The root and offspring of David, it's Jesus. Uh, the Messiah. Messiah, the long way to Messiah, it's Jesus. Our Savior is Christ. It's God Himself. Jehovah is my salvation. And what joy is there in this? I hope it puts a smile on your face that my salvation is not dependent on a mere man. It's not dependent even on an angel. They couldn't bear my sins. Only God could. Come on. Can you think about this right now? That it could not be a human or a mere man that would take the penalty for you and me. My sins, your sins are unbearable. But a God who is almighty, a God who can, can carry all things, can do it. With God, nothing is impossible. He is infinite. He is all-powerful. And he can do it. I thank God that he wrapped himself in flesh. And as we celebrate on Christmas to be our salvation, to restore that gap so that we can find true joy, everlasting joy, unspeakable joy. In Jesus' name. Oh, can you see that this morning? That, that the true joy of Christmas, it's, it's the God that made you. It's the God against whom you've offended with your disobedience and running from him. It's that same God that came down from heaven and taken upon your nature so that he could save you. He has come in the fullness of his glory and the infinity of his mercy that he might redeem us. How can we not welcome this announcement? Oh, how could we not be thankful to be thinking about that matchless love of our Savior? Were it not for a divine Savior, oh, our life here would be, would be wrecked. Our future would be fruitless, meaningless. And so I say, I pray that we would come adore this God incarnate, this man, Christ Jesus, and that we would trust him, 
that we would move past just from this idea of having a Savior or, or being in church or being surrounded by good things and reach for the true joy of Christmas. The true joy of Christmas isn't an idea. It's a person. Let's adore him. Let's worship him. It's there in that time of worship that you may lay hold not just to the role of Christ, but to Jesus, to embrace the presence of Jesus, to hear his voice, to, to receive his salvation, and there receive true joy, lasting joy. I pray that wherever this gospel is shared, that many would be moved by, by, by the spirit of Christmas, by the spirit that we're talking about, that there would be joy to the world, but not just, not just fleeting joy, no, 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 that men would receive Christ's salvation so that they could receive peace forevermore. Hallelujah. The greatest joy is to those who know Christ as their Savior. Can I get an amen? The greatest joy is to those who know Christ as their Savior. And let me further submit that, that the more that you know him, the more that you know Jesus Christ as Lord, as Savior, the more you completely know him and you're like him, the fuller your happiness will come. True joy of Christmas, it can't be found in stuff. It's not even found in the noble ideas of, of sentiments of sharing love or compassion, while those are good things. And no, I'm not suggesting you need to remove your family traditions or not enjoy eggnog or market pantry, hot chocolate ice cream at Target. No, enjoy those things but put it in its place and make sure you're reaching beyond those things to receive the true joy and celebrate the true joy of Christmas. The announcement from the angels broke a long time of silence and darkness and hopelessness. And they said, fear not. You know why they said fear not? Because many times in the Old Testament, a divine discussion like that wasn't always a good thing. They said, fear not. Don't be afraid. Because what I'm bringing to you is not judgment. Are you hearing me in here? God in times past, when God showed up or manifested himself, earthquake, open up, judgment, booming voice, intimidation. That's how in times in the Old Testament where God showed himself. And so the children of Israel, the people who knew those stories were scared when something like this had happened. But God didn't come to judge 
the announcement, the message from the angels was not one of judgment, but yet we see here a man of peace, of mercy. We see here the angels saying we have good tidings of great joy that what you've been longing for, what you've been waiting for has finally arrived. And it's not just the idea of it. No, no, this is Christ the Lord. And the Lord, the Lord, Jehovah, it is him himself who showed his love for us, a matchless love that he divided or broke that divide and bridged through the incarnation to reach to you and to me. And so if you're under the sound of my voice, I say we celebrate the true joy of Christmas. And that's Jesus Christ is here with you right now. Jesus Christ is here. I'm going to say it again. I'm not discouraging you from your traditions, not that you would listen to me anyway. But I, I want you to hear me. I'm not saying these things are wrong. Enjoy them. But let's acknowledge today and let's keep in remembrance as we celebrate, as let's keep in our conversations that the true joy of Christmas, it should never be stuff. It should never even be these honorable sentiments. But ultimately, the true joy is salvation Jehovah is salvation Jesus Christ the Lord could you stand with me and I say to you now then let's find this joy let's try and find this, this lasting peace let's find this true joy and you find it as you approach the stable and a manger and a baby that represents the fulfillment of what God has promised for generations. So I say, oh, come, let us adore him. Can we take this moment to celebrate the true joy of Christmas, the salvation that comes from him? It could, it could look different for you than for me, but I encourage you to find a way. It could be raising your hands, lifting your voice, but let's celebrate the true joy of Christmas. That's it. If your hands are raised, I encourage you, receive him. His spirit is right here where you are. That's the beauty of Christmas, that God is with us. And the spirit of Jesus can fill you right here if you make room for him. If you're watching online, if you've never experienced the, this, this idea of the Holy Spirit being in you, this God with us manifested in your life, you can make room for him right now. Just raise your hands, lift your voice, and start thanking him for his salvation. Go ahead, right now, receive the joy of the Lord. Receive the joy of the Lord as we sing together.